Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News. Since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. I'm Joey Pizzolatto, editor of Auto Finance News, and joining me is Amanda Harris, associate editor. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending April 30th, 2021. Before we start, as always, I want to thank Auto Finance News advertisers Alpha, Defy Solutions, OneSpan, State National, and Westlake Financial for their continued support. In general news, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said on Monday that interest rates might need to moderately increase to account for increased government spending. Rising inflation continues to be a concern in financial markets. The Biden administration has proposed additional spending packages totaling about $4 trillion on top of the $1.9 trillion it pumped into the economy in the beginning of March. The Biden administration also announced aggressive goals of administering at least this morning, they announced this morning, aggressive goals of administering at least one COVID-19 vaccine dose to 70% of the U.S. adult population and having 160 million U.S. adults fully vaccinated by July 4th. I personally got my second dose on Thursday last week and it put me out for about 36 hours. Um, so I think this episode, this week's episode is, is probably just going to be mostly the Amanda show. Um, in auto finance, uh, first quarter earnings continue to trick it, trickle in, uh, lending, lending credence to the health of the industry on the heels of pandemic recovery. Um, but before we get into the nitty gritty of that, um, I think we should discuss perhaps the biggest story we had last week which was new data from the Federal Reserve on auto outstandings. Um, perhaps surprisingly, you know, they increased despite vehicle sales dipping last year to, I believe the SAR came in at like 14.6 million units down from uh, 16.9 uh, million or 17 million units in 2019, depending on, you know, who's keeping track of that number. Um, so, you know, Amanda, maybe we can dive in there a little bit in, you know, what, what did we see in, the, in those figures? Yeah, um, so big takeaway was, um, so industry-wide auto outstandings, they went up about 3.3% um, year over year, surpassing $1.225 trillion um, in the fourth quarter of 2020. Um, and that is not seasonally adjusted, so that's just a note there. Um, but this was from data released in April, uh, looking at that last quarter of the year. Um, so it was a little surprising. We know back when the pandemic first hit, which is around quarter two, everyone was kind of very worried about everything. Everything kind of closed down, consumer demand dipped. Um, you know, it's just a lot of unknowns. Um, but really, like the story is it kind of didn't really go down as far as, you know, people thought. It actually did the opposite. Um, you know, pretty quickly, we saw the kind of end of the second quarter, starting in the third quarter. Of 2020, consumer demand went crazy. Um, people really, you know, they had stimulus checks, they had money in their pocket. People were looking to do, um, you know, social distance type activities. So people were wanting cars, especially SUVs, pickup trucks. I know a lot of people are doing like home stuff right now. So, you know, just all those kind of factors driving up demand really crazy. Um, 
but then supply has not really kept up. So uh, vehicle prices have been really high. So with all that going on, um, you know, originations kind of grew and then of course outstandings uh, grew as well. Um, and so we saw multiple lenders, uh, Capital One for one, saw a 10% year over year increase in their outstandings, which surpassed 63.3 billion. Um, and they, and you know, they kind of joined others as well um, by the fourth quarter. So Ford, Ford Credit, for example, had their strongest fourth quarter in the company's history. Um, and they had outstandings increase 11.1% year over year to 84.8 billion. Um, so we really just saw kind of starting in that Q2, it just consistently went up. So by the end of the year, it was up a crazy amount um, when you look at like the whole industry. Not to say that's equal. Not everyone had a great fourth quarter. We're not saying every single lender saw crazy growth. Of course, some did see some decline, some purposely held off. Um, but in general, over, over the whole industry, it was pretty positive. Yeah, you know, we had a you know, we, we wrote it together. So obviously, you know, um, we had a, we had a, one of the features in, in May's issue was kind of taking a closer look at banks and, and where, where they kind of sat at the end of the year and, you know, taking, taking, um, you know, uh, notes from their first quarter earning, earnings to see where they landed. Um, but I think you bring up a, a, a really good point. Um, you know, on one hand, it would, it would logically, you would think if, you know, vehicle sales are super depressed in 2020, then, you know, outstandings and or, you know, originations um, or both would also be depressed. But uh, as you mentioned, I think it's, a, you know, a perfect storm of uh, so many different factors, right? Yeah. You, you have uh, tight inventory on, on new vehicles. Um, you had captives in the second quarter that were pushing aggressive incentive pro programs for, you know, high dollar um, vehicle models like pickups, SUVs, crossovers, and you know we know just just from um, you know yearly trends that new vehicle prices are increasing as they add new features, connected car technology, you know uh, safety features, things like that, bells and whistles that consumers want from a new vehicle. So you know what new sale new vehicle sales we had, um, you know those prices are going up, and then of course your um, your cover story this month really examines the unprecedented rise in, in used vehicle values. And like you said, you know, consumers lacking um, options in the new vehicle because of that semiconductor shortage really um, were forced into the, into the used vehicle market. Then you have on top of that, like you said, you know, we have sort of a kind of this, this exodus um, in a lot of urban areas. I mean, I know New York City for one is probably maybe the poster child of that where you have a lot of people that, you know, worked in the city, they lived in the city. Now remote work is the new normal, right? So they were flocking, at least in this region, right, out to Jersey. You know, finding a house in Jersey in the third quarter, second, fourth quarter was, was nearly impossible um, because so many people were moving out there. And, and again, like you mentioned, um, you with the move from out of out of urban centers, people need cars and and people don't want to ride public transportation. Um, I mean, I know personally um, at least five people that live in the city um, during the pandemic went out and bought you know a, a used car just because they didn't want to ride the subway anymore. So all of these things, I think, were were really um, drivers in that increased in the in those increased outstandings. And and if the industry is going to continue on its trajectory this year. Um, I would, I would imagine they would, 
that would continue to increase. Well, yeah, right. So you mentioned um, you mentioned Capital One and Ford's fourth quarter earnings, but I know last week um, when I was um, comatose that uh, you know you 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 really kind of dived into Ford and Capital One. So maybe we can start with Ford and you know what did you see there in the first quarter, and maybe what are their projections um, looking to next quarter, maybe second half. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, just as we saw at the end of. 2020, uh, Q1 kind of continued those trends. Um, everything that was in place at the end of the year that was driving all that was still in place um, in the first quarter. It's it's going to be, um, like I said in my in my cover this this month, um, we talk about it's going to be here for a little bit. Um, so Ford Credit kind of benefited from that. You know, they boasted another strong performance in Q1. Um, their earnings before taxes uh, went up to 962 million. And just to put it in perspective, this time last year it was around 30 million. So a really big jump um, coming off of the first quarter in 2020, um, kind of probably at the start of all the craziness that happened. Um, so really they, they really did see strong performance. A lot of that was driven by the improved auction values, increased consumer demand for used vehicles, because like you said, new vehicle supply is still very tight and isn't going to get any better anytime soon. Manufacturing is still hindered a lot by the pandemic. Even when they reopen, you've got, you know, factories have certain rules in place, only so many people on the floor. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be tight for a little while. Um, and so, you know, all of that's kind of driving some of those auction prices that they got, which really helped their earnings um, quite a bit that quarter. And then, you know, the semiconductor shortage, chip shortage, all that's just making this last even more. Um, and they had pretty good credit performance as well. So their delinquencies remain low, which we've kind of been seeing, um, you know, net charge us all that still very low. So given everything that they saw, um, it turned out to be a pretty good quarter, which is not, not really a surprise because it's been this way for at least four consecutive quarters um, at this point. Mm -hmm. It really started back in, I think, uh, Q2, I think it was where we really started to see them jump. Now Ford Credit's kind of been, been a resounding, um, you know, area of, of kind of hope, I guess, for Ford for a long time. Uh, so again, it's not really that surprising, but they did see things jump up quite a bit, like other leaders have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I imagine, you know, as we continue to see some uh, earnings roll in this week, um, that's probably going to be par for the course. Um, I would assume I would be very surprised to see um, you know, any, any of the publicly traded lenders kind of come out with, with less than, you know, optimistic, um, results. Uh, well, I guess it wouldn't be optimistic since they're in the past, but you know what I mean? Um, what about Capital One? You know, we, we did our executive of the year feature with Ravi Raghu, um, in December of last year, you know, that was prior to, uh, us, or the, the bank releasing their, their fourth quarter earnings. Um, but they, they had a really strong year uh, last year, you know, second quarter origination growth, third quarter origination growth, um, even first quarter origination growth, um, despite, you know, closures and things like that. Um, but I, I, if I remember correctly, the fourth quarter was a, was a little bit, um, I guess, not as strong um, in terms of uh, originations. So, so yeah. how, how, how was their, their fair uh, in the first quarter? Did they bounce back at all? Yeah, so you're completely correct. So 
the yeah, so that fourth quarter was kind of an outlier. So it did drop down by about 18% sequentially um, to about 7.4 billion in originations. Um, as of the first quarter, it's um, their outstandings and all that have gone back up. Uh, so their outstandings increased 2% from last quarter, 9% year over year, standing out uh, 67.1 billion. Um, so really it's basically that the fourth quarter um, really just kind of was an odd quarter for them. Um, I can't remember exactly, you know, why it dropped down. I think it was just one of those things of, you know, challenges in that particular quarter, but it has come back up um, in the first quarter now. Um, their credit performance is still really good. Um, it dropped quite a bit, 166 basis points from the fourth quarter um, when it went up a little bit, and then 270 basis points year over year. So like in line with, with what we've seen other outer, lender, outer lenders, sorry, um, the net charge up rate also down. Um, really, credit performance is strong everywhere because it's still being propped up quite a bit. Um, yep, so so really strong performance in Q1, uh, just like we're seeing with multiple other lenders that are kind of similar. Did they did they break out uh, originations in Q1 or, or or did they not? I don't think they broke out originations this time. Um, they were kind of more focused on their outstandings. Um, with that going up a little bit. And then, yeah, so it looks like they didn't actually break out origination numbers this particular time. Mm -hmm. Well, if I remember no, correctly, like back in the fourth quarter, and, you know, that's a long time ago, considering. Um, but I, I think I think we did see mixed results um, from, from different, uh, you know, lenders, right? I, I believe, um, you know, Chase Auto Ally, they had strong fourth quarters and in terms of originations, but some other banks, you know, they um, they kind of had a hard time in terms of you know getting that volume, whether or not they were chasing that volume or like you like you mentioned, you know, kind of artificially um, putting that on hold as they manage deposits. Um, you know, that remains to be seen, or you know, I can't really remember. But uh, and one driver was um, kind of thinking back now was competition. Um, that kind of continued from the third quarter into the fourth. Uh, so I think by this, the first quarter, um, they're kind of maybe in a little bit better place to deal with that. So that probably was one of the driving factors of their improved performance. Great, great. Well, um, you know, this week, uh, as Amanda and I prepare for the Auto Finance Risk Summit, we do have some more earnings uh, reports that, that we'll be rolling out. Um, Santander, they released their earnings, um, I believe, on Friday when I was out. So we will be covering that uh, probably tomorrow. GM Financial, Carvana all have earnings reports coming out this week. And um, we also have uh, the Auto Finance Risk Summit, like I mentioned. So if you haven't registered um, for the Risk Summit, which returns as a virtual experience on Tuesday, May 11th and 12th, um, please, uh, you know, go and register at the autofinanceriskSummit.com. Uh, Min and I put together a, a really, really great agenda, and we've um, we've gotten stellar speakers lined up uh, to share their experiences uh, with, with everyone over the past year. Um, so, um, you know, we hope you can join us for that. Um, you know, aside from that, we always want to hear from you. Please rate the roadmap uh, on whichever platform you use to listen to the listen to it, um, and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap. We'll see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next week.